In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The reading that you just heard from Ephesians chapter 1 has often been called the great doxology. Listen again to how Paul begins. With a voice that is close to singing, he says, Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for in union with Christ he has blessed us by giving us every spiritual gift in the heavenly world. Paul is so overwhelmed by the wonderful grace and love of God that nothing else is on his mind. God has given us every spiritual gift, yes, every gift, not one left out. And he does this in Christ, Paul cries out. It's no wonder then that Paul does not stop his thanksgiving, telling us that God chose us to be his own before the world began. He again cries out, let us praise God for his glorious gift, the free gift he has given us in his son. Paul does not allow his readers, nor us, to forget why God chose us to be his own. He chose us before the creation of the world to be holy, blameless in his sight. God chose us to be full of love, Christ's love, Paul is saying here. And the point that Paul is making is this. God did not choose us for heaven, and then leave us to live out our lives here on this earth and our own little islands of self-centeredness, completely surrounded by an endless ocean of self-love. No, God has called us into the church so that the love he has given us can first be shared with one another and then with those who do not know that love. That God made us part of such a fellowship is another reason that Paul is filled with joy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, praise God, praise God, praise God, is all that Paul seems to be saying here. No wonder that this passage from Ephesians chapter 1 has been called the great doxology. But what Paul felt and believed is not unique with him. We feel and believe the same, do we not? Yes, Paul's thanksgiving that had to be reflected by a sparkle of love in his eyes and his body and soul, that same kind of love and thanksgiving is present in our lives as well. God sees in the, this in us just as we see it in each other. In fact, one of the privileges that I have had in the three years I have served as campus chaplain here is to witness this spirit of thanksgiving in those of you who are students as well as faculty and staff. As I visit with you and hear the stories of what moved you to come here and study, or the sacrifices that many of you have made recently to serve here, the majority of the time I see eyes and hearts that are filled with God's love. What is amazing to me is that even after the glamour and novelty of being a student here is over, a stage that obviously you Greek students have not reached yet, what amazes me is that the joy of knowing what lies ahead is very much alive in you.
The gratitude with which most of you live your lives tells me that. And so it is with God. He knows that you will serve him gratefully even before you do. And how does he know? He sees his love alive in us. That's how. Isn't it wonderful that over against the negative spirits that is so much a part of our world, a spirit which can get in the way of our praising God for his gifts to us, isn't it wonderful that because Christ's love is working in us, that we, like Paul, are able to be spiritually excited? Yes, able to join Paul in saying, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual gift in Christ. And just look at the gifts God has given us. We are adopted, chosen as his children. We belong to him. We are saved won back from sin by Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. We have been made right with God. Even before the world began, God had already chosen us to be his own, Paul says. This was God's plan. God knew the score before the game of life even began for us. Have you ever recorded a sporting event on your television? I've not done that very often because I often have felt that somehow all the fun would be ruined for me if I found out the final score before I watched the recording. And that has happened to me as I'm sure it has happened to you. I recorded a Cardinal game recently and before I could watch the game I had heard that the Cardinals had won. Being a loyal fan though and being interested in that particular game I decided to watch watch it anyhow. What surprised me was this. Knowing the final score actually enhanced the game. I could cheer the team enthusiastically the whole time. When the Cardinals fell behind, I didn't get discouraged. And why? I knew in the end that he would win. I was tolerant of Tony LaRusso's strategy and the players' errors. Knowing that no matter what happened, the Cardinals were going to win made it possible for me to watch the game with more confidence than I usually did when I watched a game in progress. The same principle applies for us as believers in the game of life in which we daily participate. We know the end of our stories. Before the world was made, God made us to be winners. Consequently, we can face any circumstance in life be it Greek or some other academic or financial challenge, and not be afraid. We know that no matter what happens, we will not and cannot be defeated by our world, by what sin and Satan and, de and, and the devil can, and death can throw against us. What wonderful news when at times we catch ourselves crying out, life is just a merry-go-round. Will somebody stop it so that we can get off? And the answer? One last time, Paul has God's answer. Listen. In his wisdom and insight, God did what he had planned and made known his plan, which he had decided to complete by means of Christ. He plans and still plans to bring all creation together, everything in heaven and on earth, with Christ as head. 
No wonder Paul ends this section of his letter with words that almost have him dancing with joy. Let us then, who have hope in Christ, praise God's glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.